listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and analyze their meaning on everyday's life. This the- this week's theme is <laughs> short stories. I'm Heather. And I'm Jeff. And welcome back. Welcome to the madness. Welcome <laughs> joining <laughs> the chaotic yeah. craziness. <laughs> Week two post chair or post new chair. So it's <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a good time. Yeah. So is our cat. Yeah. She's decided uh, she wants to scratch that up as well. So it's not that bad, though. I haven't. It had could a, be worse. You're yeah. right. It like makes a clanking sound. So like if I just shake the chair, it'll scare. So she usually. Yeah. Yeah. We just had a nice little photo shoot in the chair. <laughs> Me and the cat. The cat yeah. also had a photo shoot. She wouldn't get up. <laughs> she does like the chair. Yeah, I don't know true. who likes it more. Me or her. I don't know. It's a toss up. It is for sure. She probably sits in it more than I do, actually. <laughs> I'm secretly sitting in it like all day. Yeah, right. I around. leave and you're like, just roll it over. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. Oh, thank you. It is my chair after all. It's very true. My throne. <laughs> but yeah, we wanted to thank um, all of our listeners for coming back. We had a few new ones from around the old good old US of A. So. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for finding us and giving us a follow. And we also have some exciting news. Yeah. The Friends of the Podcast, Movies That Raised Us, are having their Star Dazzle Awards at the end of this month. And we have been asked to present uh, one of the awards. Yeah, so you so. can uh, give us a listen on Movies That Raised Us. Yeah. So it's their one year anniversary. We just want to uh, shout them out and congratulate them on one year. We're uh, getting close to our half year. So that's exciting. I think we're past a half year, actually. Oh, that's right. That was episode 26. I think we even said that. Yeah, because we started in October and we're now in. Wow. Wild ride. Yeah. yeah. It's been <laughs> wild. But yeah, so Movies That Raised Us has been super great to us. They're friends of the podcast and definitely give them some support. Yeah, you could find them at uh, Movies That Raised Us on Instagram, I think. Is I their... believe so. Okay, yeah. So yeah, check them out over there. They're, uh, they have great taste in movies and um, yeah, so good people. Yeah. Good if you show. like any of the stuff we cover... We cover, there's some overlap. Yeah. So we'll keep you guys posted on that on our Instagram and all that other stuff too. You want to tell them how to get there? Sure. You want to check out our handles. We have a <laughs> parallel fiction. <laughs> I was stuck on movies that raised us. Yeah. So I was like, that's not right. Okay. So our Instagram and our Twitter are at parallel fiction. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's parallel fiction podcast where you can give us an old fashioned. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. You know why. <laughs> you could send us an old-fashioned email at parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, if you want to listen to some of our back episodes, we're on all of the places you find podcasts. So that's Spotify. 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 Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast. All the good stuff. Exactly. So if you like any of that, she isn't it. Go ahead and give us a five star review. <laughs> so with that being said, are you ready to lose rocks, paper, scissors? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I feel like losing this week. So I don't I don't think I'm going to lose. Though. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, I decided. It's 50 for 50 The will shot. of the warrior, Heather. Okay, let's go. Okay. Rock, Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, man. I talked a lot of good shit. Oh, oh. <laughs> And I went down. You got cut. <laughs> I did. I got cut. Um, I'm going to let you go first this week, though, because I think uh, I want to hear about this story again, because this was one of my favorite short stories when I was in school. So. Yeah. So college, I'm, I should say. They didn't make us read this in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. 
So our theme for this week, uh, like we said earlier, is short stories. So I am covering the short story, The Man in the Black Suit by Stephen King. Yeah, And I'm going to be covering the recently released YouTube short movie, Batman Dying is Easy. Oh, oh, I didn't know that was the full title. Yep. Fancy stuff. (laughs) All right. Well, let's take a quick break and I'll come back with my story. We're back. All right. Let's talk about The Man in the Black Suit. This is a Stephen King short. Mm. It's a horror short, obviously, Stephen King. Well, he wrote Green Mile. That's. Yeah, that's true. Started out as a short. His, I love his short stuff. I think it, I like the short stories better than the longer ones. Do you? Oh, we'll get into that bit later. But yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I've yeah. never read Stephen King before. Huh. This yeah. was my first Stephen King experience. Wow, really? Besides like movies. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah. I've never. I don't know why I've never read any of his books before because I feel like it'd be right up my alley. Probably. Yeah, I got a bunch. I mean, and I love this. And I usually I'm not a big reader, but like I'll I'll like make time mm. for Stephen King. So this was originally published October 31st, Halloween, 1994. <laughs> Got him. <in> <laughs> Got him. In the uh, New Yorker magazine. And this won a bunch of awards. It won the World Fantasy Award in 1995. Huh. And then O. Henry Award for Best Short Fiction. So little fun fact and tying it in, finding the parallels to other episodes. Do you remember O. Henry? Does that ring any bells? Uh. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like I'm on the spot now, but it definitely does. Remind yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta go through like that. the catalog of your mind there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think short story again. Yeah. Uh, o. Henry was the author of The Gift of the Magi, oh, one of our right. earlier episodes. Episode. I just like had like the 12, Scott Pilgrim maybe? like dial like yeah. brain <laughs> thing going on where it was like stuck between three things. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I know it. I yeah, know it. Yeah. <laughs> so King has been um quoted that he describes this piece as an homage to uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's story, Young Goodman Brown. Okay. And I didn't know much about that, but I quick like checked it out, mm-hmm. gave it a Google and I can see why it, he um, kind of made it a, an homage to yeah. it. So there's a lot of similarities. So we did um, I the book that uh, Heather read this out of was an old college book. That's like a giant anthology of short stories for me. Or from a class. Oh, I didn't I realize that was your yeah. a book for no, college. That's why it's got like uh, study questions behind uh, the end of the chapters. But uh, we went through like oh uh, oh Henry and everything too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We matched them up. Oh, I miss English class. <laughs> that's like the only thing I miss from it was short school. stories class. It was awesome. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like I love a good college English class. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite was I did like young adult fiction class. That was one of the best. Mm. I don't mean to derail, but I got to tell this story. So Okay, go. Yeah, derail. The same exact semester, I also took creative writing, and I mm. had this really cool teacher who, like, you know, you always have an English teacher who's like, I came up with that. So, like, my guy thought he came up with the X-Files, so, <laughs> but he got cheated out of it, and he never got paid for it. So he, he might have. Who knows? But um, there was an old, a little old lady in the class who uh, never talked, never did anything, and she, like, the, the whole pur- uh, purpose of the short story class was that you would write that week, and then you'd have to read it out loud. And you'd go around the room reading your mm-hmm. short story, which is like <laughs> awful to do to people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like not everybody would go in the same class. Like you would have mm-hmm. one assignment and it'd be like three weeks or whatever. So we finally get to this little old lady and she wrote like the coolest short story about like these like old timers going on a road trip and stuff. Aww. And it was like this amazing story. And we're like, we didn't know why she wrote it or whatever. 
And then we found out she was just like sitting in, like she was just like an older lady. She didn't have anything to do. And like, you know how they sometimes just let you sit in on classes and hang out. Yeah. That's all she was doing there. That's so sweet. She, I know. Just she was, was like, like a really, really good writer too. Like, like, I hope I she got published. Write. I don't know whatever happened to her, but like, I hope she published whatever it was. <laughs> it Maybe was she did. Maybe she did. It was really, yeah. I have to go look. Everybody was just sitting there, you know, with like their chin on their hands, just like, this is Aww. really good. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. Yeah. I hope that's me. Yeah, one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, <laughs> sorry about back that. Back <laughs> on topic here. Uh, Stephen King also stated that the story evolved from one that his friend had told him in which the friend's grandfather had come face to face with Satan himself in the form of an ordinary man. So kind of using <laughs> the young Goodman Brown inspiration mm-hmm. and then also this personal story. Uh, this was also adapted into a short film with the same title in 2004. Was it really? Yeah. Huh. I know. I was going to look it up. Was it like a made for TV movie? I like that it was in theaters. I, I don't like... think it was in theaters. I think it was just oh, a like, gotcha. you know. Stephen King is like a lot of made for TV stuff. Mm. All right. Let's get into the summary here. So our story starts with Gary and he's an elderly man. He's like kind of on his deathbed right now. So, you know, not good. And as he's kind of looking back on his life, reflecting, he talks about this time that like was very formative for him and it's always just stood out to him throughout life so he's writing down his account of what happened to him and this moment occurred back when he was nine years old in 1914 which you know just to really put things into perspective was over a hundred years ago (laughs) anyway (laughs) yikes is for sure right before the first world war is how he describes it So Gary recounts how his brother had died recently due to a bee sting, which like. (laughs) As it did in 1918. (laughs) 1914. But yeah, still. I mean, people still die from like bee allergies, you (laughs) know. Murder hornets. Oh, no. Yeah, whatever happened to those? (laughs) Don't say their name again. They might show up. (laughs) It's true. Don't jinx it. So he's picked up all of his brother's chores. You know, they live on kind of a farm area. It's 1914. So. No iPhones. No iPhones. Got a lot of chores to do. <laughs> so he has to do his brother's chores plus his own. But after he's done, he's allowed to go fishing. And he promises both of his parents that he's not going to go past the fork in the stream. It was like a very big deal. Don't go past the <laughs> fork in the stream. He had to promise his mother and his father separately. <laughs> he sets out to go fishing and he gets pretty lucky, like pretty quickly. He catches this huge trout, like the biggest he's ever caught. And he decides to keep going down the stream and like continue his luck. He eventually gets to the fork in the stream and he's like, you know, I'll take a little nap. Yeah. So he lays down. Why not? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he's laying down, taking a little nap and he wakes up to a bee on his nose. Now, remember, his brother had just recently died from a bee sting. So he freaks out. He's terrified, even though he's already been stung before and he knows that he does not share his brother's allergy. Yeah. Suddenly he hears a clap and the bee just dies. And like he, it's like a loud, you know, like a loud noise, like a clap, like a, yeah, there, like, you know, like that production quality. (laughs) Oh man. Just all about the sound effects. So he turns around to hear where the clap comes from and he discovers a man. It's the wiggles. They're singing the clap song. (laughs) I've got the clap. Don't 
sue us for copyright infringement. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Wiggles want to do that. You're going to get us sued so hard one day. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely come close a few yeah, times. That's true. <laughs> but I don't think the Wiggles would sue me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's like a Jeff in there. Be surprised He's what the Wiggles would do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway, I don't know, but that princess dinosaur is looking sus. So yeah. <laughs> I think she's like a ballerina or something. Oh, I can't remember now. Who? Maybe I'm getting it mixed up with Barney. The Wiggles have like a friend's friend, and she's like a princess and or ballerina. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a preschool I, dance I teacher. I know all too much about the Wiggles. Okay, <laughs> so let's get to this devil guy okay <laughs> so this man has burning eyes he described it as if like a furnace oh, smoldering smoldering <laughs> but they're red it's like burning eyes and he's dressed in a black three-piece suit man has pale skin claw-like eyes and when he grins he has shark-like teeth man also smells like a burnt match you know that like sulfur, after you, yeah yeah the yeah. sulfur smell you know like you like the match and it's like has that smell after you blow yeah. it out he tells Gary, like, awful things. <laughs> awful things. He's telling him how Jar Jar Banks is going to ruin Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I almost talked like Jar Jar Banks, but nobody wants to hear that. No. And I don't want to get sued by Disney, so. As we were saying. So the man tells Gary that his mother's dead, that she also suffers a bee sting, and that she's dead in the kitchen currently. Um, and now I have a little bit of a trigger warning. Uh, heads up has to do with child molestation so yeah um if that's uncomfortable for you just skip ahead 30 seconds uh the man also tells him that now that his mother's dead that his father's going to molest him so yikes and then he also says that the man is going to eat him so i mean that's a whole lot of stuff going on right there yeah damn but like if the man's just gonna eat him then it doesn't matter about the other stuff that's the devil, man. Yeah. So Gary quickly realizes that this is the devil, and he knows that the devil will lie and be deceitful. So part of him, I mean, he's hearing these things, and he's terrified because this man is also very creepy, and the man's very convincing. So Gary's like, I got to get out of here. got to escape. And he throws the fish that he caught at the man, and the man, like, swallows the fish hole. But as he's, like, swallowing it, Gary takes off running. So Gary's running through the forest as fast as he can, He's, I think he says as fast as, as any nine-year-old would. And like kids just, they're fast, man. Yeah. I can't keep up. <laughs> and he's about to make it to the road and he like has to throw his fishing pole behind him at the man to like kind of get away even more. So he loses his fishing pole. And eventually he does make it away and he sees his father on the road. He's hysterical and he runs to his father and his father tries to comfort him saying, it's one of his awful nightmares he's been having since his brother's death. And then he assures him that his mother is still alive. So Gary and his father make their way home where Gary does see his mother alive and well. And he realizes that the man lied. His father tells him that they have to go back for his fishing pool in Creel, which I think the Creel is just like a little ice box kind of thing. Yeah. A little tackle box. So they return to the woods and <laughs> Gary brings the family Bible because <laughs> smart. They get back to the spot, they see Creel, and he had caught other fish, but the box was empty and it's, it reeked. So they ended up throwing it out. Uh, and the father is just like, uh, we're going to just tell your mother you never found your Creel because we're just <laughs> tossing this baby. It stinks. <laughs> Gary also sees dead grass where the man slash devil was sitting. 
They return home and they don't speak about it again. Gary continues to be haunted by this incident for the rest of his life. So now we go back to present day elderly Gary and he is writing down, finished writing down his encounter with the devil. And he tells the reader that he's haunted by the belief that he escaped the devil by sheer luck or his own wits. At the end of the story, he is frightened by the possibility of death. Will he go to God, whom he's prayed to his whole life? Or will the man in the black suit return to take him away, now that he's too old to run or outwit him? Gary knows that he will not be able in his old age to outrun him or outwit him. So it ends just with him like, am I going to die? And is the devil going to come for me? Or do I get to go see the big man upstairs? <laughs> and end yes. scene. <laughs> he's got to stock up on fish, man. Yeah. He's just like, that's how you're going to outwit him. Just get a bunch of whole fish and just throw them at the devil's face. It's the only way to escape the devil. Very cool. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Batman. Batman. <laughs> okay. All right, and we're back. <laughs> so I'm going to be covering the, um, it's a YouTube kind of original fan-made film called Batman Dying is Easy. And I say it's fan-made. That doesn't, I don't want that to like put an image of your head of like somebody dressed as Batman in like their mom's backyard, you know, like fist fight. That's exactly what I pictured. So I'm glad you said no, that. I mean, this was, um, this is uh, produced by a production company, Bat in the Sun. It was mm-hmm. uh, an indie go-go kind of thing where they raised over $75,000 to make oh, this wow. movie. It looks legit. Like the production value is really cool. Like the bat suit's really cool. They have a Batmobile in there. There's CGI. There's great costumes and oh, stuff wow. for what it is. I mean, I feel like YouTube isn't what it used yeah. to be. Like, I mean, YouTube now is like a paid subscription. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you do have content mm. like that like, now. Like, this looks like it could be on TV, like, easily. Right, So right. It's not just, like, me and my friends fooling around making up videos anymore. <laughs> no. It's grown beyond that. Because I've definitely seen some Star Wars, like, fan films. That people, oh, no. My friends are like, you gotta watch this. It's so cool. And then I watch it, and it's like two assholes fighting with the force effects sabers in their backyard, like making up characters. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> not what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ugh. Well, there are, there's some, you know, there's some value to that. <laughs> I was going to say there's some humor yeah. perhaps. Exactly. So like I said, this, uh, this is cool. And they do have a couple like, uh, you know, former stars. I don't want to like, it, you know, but there's, uh, Michael Madsen who is in Pulp Fiction. He's probably the biggest name in the movie. Huh. A short movie. And then there is Doug Jones, who's like a famous, um, you know, like movie monster type guy. Like he was the monster in Shape of Water. He was the monster. Oh, wow. He, he He's one of the characters in Hellboy. And so okay, he's, he's so that's pretty legit. Done a lot of stuff. You remember um, what we do in the shadows? Yeah. He was the the Baron. Oh, my God. OK. <laughs> so like he's always in prosthetics and stuff. So he has a little cameo. Um, all right. So let's crack into it oh i forgot to tell you so it was written and directed by aaron shonky and his brother sean uh it stars kevin porter as batman uh aaron the director himself plays the joker michael madsen plays lieutenant bullock um doug jones like i said is uh the riddler and uh randomly chris daughtry's in here (laughs) wait like the guy from american idol yeah yeah i gotta show you he plays um hugo strange which he where he has like a big funny beard i didn't know he was diving into acting so (laughs) (laughs) or does he just start singing i don't know if i'd call it acting but he was was in there so (laughs) um yeah let's go so uh 
Batman is investigating um, three murders in uh, Gotham City. They're policemen. So uh, he gets a lead to the Mad Hatter's hideout, which is a villain who like abducts people and makes them dress as Alice. So, oh, yeah. So interesting. In this, at least. I don't know is too much about him. Is that a real comic? Uh, yeah, he's a real comic character in Batman, but I'm not a huge like Batman guy. So right, right. Wikipedia and tell you <laughs> so or have your friends exactly yeah, I'm sure confirm one of them. or deny so yeah so Batman rolls up on their hideout which is just an apartment looking building and like kicks everyone's ass and it's <laughs> it's really cool like you get Batman just breaking arms and hitting people in the nuts <laughs> so wrestling so he rescues this little girl dressed as Alice and like that's the beginning of the movie like a okay. quick preface Flash, uh, flash forward two months later, Batman is uh, called by the bat signal by this dude, he- um, Lieutenant Bullock, who's the guy, Michael Madsen, like I said, the actor. And he's telling him that the Joker is dying. He's in Arkham Asylum. And one of his last wishes is to see Batman one last time to like mm. fuck with him, I guess. <laughs> so Batman rolls up to Arkham Asylum after that. And like, it's a cool shot and I get that's why they did that but like he rolls up to the gates of Arkham and just parks there so like (laughs) inconsiderate to anybody he's like nobody else can come in I was like dude don't be that guy Batman's here like Wawa in a truck that parks sideways oh my god or the person that parks in front of our laundromat oh god that truck it just parks like all like four parking spots in a row right in front I'm like I want to do my laundry too sir right like just because you're Batman doesn't mean you are exempt from parking right don't be an asshole that's rude (laughs) Oh. Typical New Yorker. <laughs> Actually, technically, that Arkham, uh, um, Gotham City technically is in South New Jersey. Shh. If you look at like, I'm going to put my glasses up for a second. If you look at the actual, <laughs> whatever. I thought Gotham City was like based on New York. It, yeah, but like, it, like DC released like a map of where it technically would Jesus be. And it's, it's more like Atlantic City. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway. Suck on that one. All right, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there's a really great scene of uh, Batman walking through the halls of Arkham Asylum to the Joker's cell. And he's passing by like everybody. Like they got Killer Croc, the Joker, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy. Whole crew here. The whole crew. (laughs) (laughs) And like every villain gets like their little one line, like moment to shine in the scene. It's really cool. So Batman just like scooped everybody up, you know? It's so funny. Yeah, I know. I guess he did a good job in this universe. But it's like when you go to like a dog kennel and they're all barking at you and you're like, I can't look at them. (laughs) I can't look. I'm going to (laughs) cry. That's me at least. I don't think Batman. Yeah, I don't think Batman would say that. Batman might have cried. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe on the inside. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So um, Batman ends up in Joker's cell and the guards are all like unbuckling him from his restraints and all that kind of stuff. And this was one of the things that um, as a nitpicker, I found. Oh, (laughs) boy. So they spent all this money to get like a really cool Batman suit and a really cool all this other stuff. But like all of the chains that the Joker's in are like Home Depot, like gardening chains. (laughs) They couldn't have got like more heavy duty looking chains. I don't know. Oh my God. Just a nitpick. <laughs> anyway. So it turns out that the Joker is dying from melanoma, I guess, because when he got dropped into the chemicals, it like fucked up his skin. So, like, that's what's getting him. Huh. Gonna take Not out. how I expected Joker to go. <laughs> no. Well, this is all, this isn't based off any comic book. I know. Okay. I yeah, know. So I, In this universe. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Joker is like, you know, this sucks. <laughs> it's like, Batman, help me. 
<laughs> he wants Batman to um like just kill him like just right then and there so he doesn't have to like suffer and like wait for it he's like, like a mercy killing he's like you've always wanted to do it let's just end this like go ahead assisted death i'm let's right go. i'm right here obviously batman's like no nah, fuck this i don't want to kill you like i just i just want to like torture you <laughs> it's more fun that way yeah exactly he's like it's he's just as messed up like this batman i, I was watching it and i'm like he seems like kind of a dick like a lot of the things he did i feel like batman kind of is a dick i don't know like you know that was probably controversial we'll i might talk take about that it. back <laughs> we'll talk about, we'll talk about it in the analysis yeah. but i'm of the uh camp that i think batman would be more interesting if he did kill but that's just me anyway anywho <laughs> so batman's like no i'm not gonna kill you so the joker doing joker stuff is taunting him by reminding him of the time he murdered that one robin jason todd <laughs> and the time he paralyzed barbara gordon and he's just trying to like rile batman up enough yeah. to like it's it's kind of like the Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, like interrogation where he's just trying to rile him up to like, see, yeah. see what will happen. But in this time, in this case, Joker really doesn't rest want. in peace. Yeah. Heath Ledger. R.I.P. R.I.P. So Batman wraps one of the comedically tiny chains around the Joker's <laughs> neck and hangs him in the cell. And he's like about to kill him. You know, he's like, I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm all riled up. I'm all jacked up on Bat Mountain Dew. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. So that uh, he's basically telling Joker, like, oh, you're going to die irrelevant. And that's your greatest fear, like not dying. Like nobody's going to care that you're dead. All these other people in Arkham Asylum are going to get to do like more crime than you. And Joker, not wanting to be upstaged, admits like with his one ish last breath that he's the one who killed all the three cops at the beginning that Batman was initially on the whatever for. And then so Batman lets him go from the chain and was like, Guess what, fam? I tricked you into saying that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, smart Batman. Yeah. So um, Batman reveals that he was falsifying the Joker's toxicology reports and slowly poisoning his water to make him believe he was terminally ill. Damn. Which, like, Batman, dick move. <laughs> he Damn, that's Batman. some cold shit. <laughs> like, could you imagine? It was like, oh, I got bored. So, so you I'm, were not kidding about torturing slowly him. Slowly poisoning you. Whoa. <laughs> like, that's a little far, but whatever. Because he wanted to get him to, like, he wanted to manipulate into this situation where he could get yeah, Joker yeah, yeah. to, like, admit that he killed Damn, these two people. Bruce Wayne has no chill. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so in addition, Batman, I guess, knew that Joker was responsible for the disappearance of these officers. And the reason why he knew originally was because when he raided the Mad Hatter's hideout in the beginning, he used, like, bat fingerprint goggles to see that joker's fingerprints were on like a police baton that he was getting beat up with uh, so he was like yeah even though joker wasn't arkham asylum <laughs> it was um he sent people out. I, don't, I don't know yeah so after that um batman meets up with bullock who uh you know confronts batman for going super out of his way to complicate this shit <laughs> <laughs> well that was a nice way of putting it <laughs> and batman like gives him some like lame-ass speech about how like the families needed hope and they needed to know when not hope and yada yada and uh, batman was like i knew they were dead for these last two months but like trust me i get results <laughs> so damn he's like commissioner gordon knows just ask him <laughs> <laughs> so before doing the classic like bat vanish from this dude bullock batman and him like share like a yo you're cool like i respect you now because at the beginning they were like i don't trust you batman you're a dick <laughs> but now they're like we cool i guess like yo mutual respect a little bit 
And then does he do the like like flappy cape disappear? <laughs> the Ben Wyatt flappy cape? That's no. literally what I'm picturing. He just does the vanish oh. and that's it. I wanted the Ben Wyatt flappy cape. In the cape. end. And then there's like, because <laughs> everyone's got to do one now, there's an end credit scene where Batman just rolls up on Catwoman and Catwoman's like, Batman. And Batman's like, sup. And that's it. Like, there's no. Nothing. Oh, okay. And that's that. <laughs> and that's that. Well, that was, a, that's fun. It was a short story of about a half an hour of viewing time. <laughs> so. Yeah. My reading was pretty, pretty quick too. Yeah, so you want to take a quick break and we'll talk about it? Yeah. Talk about some short stories, parallel fiction. We're back. So, it was really interesting going with some short stories this week versus the longer feature films. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit of a let up, you know, like it wasn't super stressful, like watching a feature length because we take pretty intense notes. We do. It was cool to take a little breather. Yeah. And I don't think it was any less. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we still have a lot of content to talk about, even though our things were shorter. Yeah, because... I don't know. I feel like the whole quality over quantity thing, like you don't need to have like a long, long story (laughs) to tell a story. And I think sometimes like details can be too much. Yeah. Where you're like, I don't need to know all this. Like this is like, tell me the like story. Yeah. Like it's inflated sometimes. Like you get stuff that like, okay, like I could have imagined that. Right. Well, like (laughs) the chicken sisters is a great, thing where I felt like so much was like added into that story that didn't need to be like I wish it had focused more on the sister's relationship yeah whereas like in this like uh, the uh, Stephen King short novel Man in the Black Suit like I feel like you know all I needed to know was about Gary and like the one incident that Gary went through that traumatized him like I don't need to know anything else about in Gary's life like I don't know if Gary was married or not yeah. Oh, uh, he did have grandkids, so maybe. But like, <laughs> you know, it's not about Gary's wife and yeah. family at this point. It's about like what traumatized him in his youth and that interaction. And I feel like that's what made it so interesting because there was so much quality in telling that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think the length of a story shouldn't be mandatory. Mandatory. I think like your facts of what you're trying to say dictates. Because like sometimes I'll I'll set out to like write something. And it, it's like three pages and I'm like, man, I kind of wish this was longer. And then you reread it and you're like, nah, it's as long as it, it's got to be, you know, like all the facts are here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Well, it's like resumes, you know, <laughs> oh God, like, resumes are the worst. They really are the worst. But nobody wants to read a two, three page resume. No. Like they always say, just make it a page yeah. and like get straight <laughs> to the point. Like, don't fluff around, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I don't need to know you were like starting line on your. <laughs> Right. At this point, like high school, whatever. now that I'm well into adulthood, like my Dunkin Donuts part time yeah, job can... when I was 16 is irrelevant. Yeah. There's no reason to put that on. All you know, the life skills you may have learned are gone now. <laughs> you forgot. Yeah, right. <laughs> I learned so much at Dunkin Donuts. Yeah. Eh. Time to make the donuts. Let's make the donuts. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, I sometimes get turned off by longer stuff, honestly. Like, if it's too long, like, especially say we're looking through Netflix and we want to watch a movie mm-hmm. and like the premise looks good, and then you look at the runtime and it's like two and a half hours and you're sitting to yourself, like, there's no way that story takes two and a half hours. Like, what? Yeah. Is I in mean, there? I have a very short attention span now, I feel like, <laughs> where I'm like, I can't watch that for two and a half hours. Yeah. I better be 
freaking good if I'm going to watch that. There was a funny meme I saw. I got to see if I can find it. I'll post it on the Instagram. But it's like, I'm not going to watch a two and a half hour long movie. I'd rather watch five 45 yes. episodes of some show, <laughs> which is exactly what we do. It's so true, though, because it's like you just see the half hour and you're like, all right. And then you like go through it and you're like, OK, I could watch another one. Yeah. Like it gives you an option to continue. Plus, like if you watch a two and a half hour movie that you don't like, it's like your whole afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch a half an hour or whatever on YouTube and it's lame, you're like, all right, well, I guess I could keep going. <laughs> My well, that was like funny. Another Batman reference, like the Snyder cut or like, oh, see, whatever. I like that. though. <laughs> I know you liked it, but you were like, it's a four hour movie. And I was like, I'm out. But no they split it up into like chapters. So it, you could, there's like logical points where you could pause like a TV show. This I, yeah. So that's actually a really, really good point that I don't even have in my notes, but I'm glad you brought that up. So that's a, a reverse problem where that's like a four hour long movie, but it really needs like all those four hours to tell you what's going on. Because if you watch the, the theatrical version, you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I've been here yeah. for two and a half hours and I'm pissed now. Like, it's the end of the movie and there's so much stuff that just dropped off. I feel like that way with Harry Potter. Yeah, oh yeah. Like a lot got excluded from the books and the movies. And I don't yeah. think they got a, some parts right from the movies. I mean, the movies are like an entirely different franchise almost. Yeah. That's I how Marvel is too. I mean, you yeah. got the, the comics and then you got the movies and yeah. some people enjoy both and some people are like, no. So speaking <laughs> of like comics and movies, like did you feel like this Batman short was like similar to comics oh yeah i thought it was pretty cool like true to the character visually it looked like stunning like you just watched the trailer in in between our last break and i was like you gotta see what it looks like because it does look cool like all the costumes and set pieces are pretty sweet i was expecting like like, cgi super budget and just being like okay but like it was actually pretty legit it's 75 grand they built they made it on you know which is like nothing for movies but no true but for half an hour movie that's gotta go a long way right yeah it's gotta i don't know i guess you gotta get creative with it you gotta look up like how much money does like a cw show cost like the flash or something that'd be (laughs) a good point but they definitely used their imagination in this i feel like oh yeah i mean it's an original story and they're they have a lot of source material to build off of. Like, I feel like some lines and like some pieces of dialogue were like too fan servicey, I guess. Like corny. Yeah. Kind of corny. Yeah. But they, I mean, they like didn't phone it in. Like everybody was like there to go hard. <laughs> it's just a little corny. I'm here for it. <laughs> I like corny. Well, that's stuff, part of though. the charm too. Yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as a viewer, so since it was shorter, you kind of had to use your imagination too to like fill in yeah, the blank like, with parts. Like you kind of, they hint that um the two like big Batman story arcs, Death in the Family and Killing Joke happened in this universe, but you don't know how long he's been Batman, like what year it is, mm. like what stage of his career. Like how do you get all those villains and Yeah, exactly. Like that would have been a cool <laughs> comic, you know, like because he rounded up everybody in there. So Is this a series? So. The production company Bat in the Sun has a really cool YouTube channel where they do um, a short series. Uh, they haven't done a lot lately because I guess, you know, life and whatever. But it's COVID. called. Yeah, well, they weren't doing a lot before that, but it's mm. called Super Powered Beatdown where they would like they had a website and you would vote. They would pit like two things against each other. So it's not just like superheroes. They had like 
Optimus Prime and like Gandalf and oh. all kinds of stuff. And you would go in like back when they still did this regularly and you would vote one or the other. And regardless what happened, whoever won the vote like would win this fight. And they would film with like high production. Like they had like good costumes and CGI and all that stuff. And they would do like a stage fight. Like they would get sets and they would do very small scale. What an interesting concept. I know. Like, so this is going to go into my recommended, but whatever. One of the fights is Batman versus Darth Vader. And it's the guy who plays Batman from this. And it's a really good, like they have like a whole Death Star set that looks like it could be. Oh my God. Wait, I want to watch that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, we'll watch it after this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Stephen King, we already know, is an yeah. amazing author. He's, uh, yeah. I would say, put him with the big names. You know, he's classic at oh, this absolutely. point. Absolutely. Um, you know, he'll be talked about for, you know, long after he's yeah. gone and whatnot. Uh, so, I mean, this writing, even though it's a shorter story, he does it very well. Like, yeah. he gives enough details that it paints a picture. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not like getting bored getting this description. And he mm-hmm. gives enough backstory. Like, you know, you know about the brother and you know about the brother's death and how it's affected the family. But it's not like you can use your imagination to like fill parts in. It's like very well done how he gives you threads that like he doesn't mm-hmm. actually tell you what it was or what's going on. He just says like, oh, you know, that thing back in whenever. And people react to it in an according way where you're like, oh, I guess that was good or bad. You know? Yeah. He's just does a very amazing job um, on, a, on the complete. Well, like, I mean, obviously, uh, Stephen King's a writer, you know, whatever. But <laughs> if I had to like, represent somebody from Jersey, I think Kevin Smith <laughs> in his writing, like you laugh, but Kevin Smith in his writing does that same kind of almost like <laughs> Hemingway-ish kind of stuff where he gives you so much just in what they're saying. Like the, you could mm-hmm. just listen to the transcript and be like oh my god there's so much to pull apart here yeah i feel like kevin smith does do a good job with that as well you're right (laughs) and that's a hard thing to do i think a lot of writers struggle with that yeah where you just you want to get all this out and like (laughs) just i think sometimes you have to let people fill in the blanks Mm. so it's funny i didn't even mean to segue this but i almost did a kevin smith short because he did he did a short called the flying car where it's randall and dante from clerks and they're Mm -hmm. stuck in traffic oh my god that's amazing arguing about a flying car but it's just the two of them in a car for like 10 minutes just like talking i'm shocked you didn't do that actually (laughs) we'll watch it but yeah i don't know i probably should i thought it was like too short yeah that's fair i didn't have too much to that's the whole synopsis of that. Is they're just <laughs> so, in a car. Yeah. yeah, maybe not too much to dissect yeah, yeah, there. That's so, not, that's why. <laughs> um, so yeah, back to Stephen King. I think, in terms of the ending, because mm. you know how I was just saying, like people like fill in the blanks or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love an ending, and I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying last week, maybe last episode, where I like the ending's not like straight in your face you know yeah. where it's like this is the ending and this is what you have to think i like yeah i don't really like that i think i feel like it makes the writer thinks that the audience is dumb like needs to be spoon-fed yeah whereas i like a up for interpretation ending <laughs> and i think stephen king finds the right ending in this short story where he's like you know we know gary's gonna die is the devil going to come back for him? And that's like this fear that's just lingering over his head. And it's, mm. ooh, it gave me the chills. 
Yeah, and in my story, I guess uh, Batman's just going to keep on batman and <laughs> just torturing these <laughs> already <laughs> mentally unstable criminals. <laughs> Maybe they'll escape and he has to throw them back oh, I'm in. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to make Some a ton of money off of whatever. <laughs> and, and you said he kind of like um, became buddies with, was it the commissioner or no? Uh, the lieutenant. Oh, yeah. lieutenant, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Happy ending. Yeah. They're like, you well, know, we're on the same the three team. people that died, but, you know. No, not a happy ending <laughs> for them. But at least their families get closure. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, you would say it's the right ending. Yeah, absolutely. Everything wraps up neatly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very definitive. All right. Well, you want to get into some ratings and recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with this. All right, and we're back. Let's get in some recommendations and ratings. Yeah. So, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. So I would actually give this a nice. I think the production quality is way better than what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And um, the action is really cool. Batman really only gets into like one fight, which is kind of lame because it's Batman. But was it a good fight? It was okay. He breaks oh. some arms. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, the only reason I wouldn't go higher than nice is because there are some, you know acting that's a little questionable like it's a little corny but a little cheesy their heart was in the right place but it is a little, little cheesy cheese cheese whiz yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. that being said um my mvp is obviously batman because i think the dude who plays batman visually is the coolest on-screen batman i think i i think I'll sign it was up pretty on. cool he, i i would agree with like that the costume the, just his face in the costume he's got the perfect voice like it was pretty legit it was a real i think what was his name kevin porter he was really really cool and he plays batman in all the other things that they do so he should get scouted for more real Maybe, yeah. legit dc i don't stuff. think he'll get real batman but you never know you never know <laughs> you never he know. was pretty legit yeah but uh so MVP was that. And I think the um, the masterpiece scene is definitely when he first rolls up on Arkham Asylum and you get like all the other villains. Like, yeah, I shouting love that. Stuff at him. That was really cool. So that's what I'm going for. If uh, you guys wanted any recommendations to watch other stuff, you can't go wrong with the other Bat in the Sun things for just action. But there are other pretty OK Batman fan things online that you could try. So I know there's like World Finest, but that's only really a trailer. And then. There's plenty of Batman enthusiasts doing that kind of thing on there. <laughs> <laughs> Batman enthusiasts. <laughs> but ben Wyatt. Out- exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that's outside of the obvious of just go watch a Batman Yeah, movie, so. yeah. How about you? Those are always there. So I'm actually going super nice for this. Wow. Yeah. I. It was a really great I know. work of writing. The funny, I, it's so funny because I didn't tell you to... Read no, you didn't. I just picked it up. This was my, my favorite own. story in that book. And I was like, What you reading? And you're like, The Man in the Black Suit. And I was like, Wait. <laughs> well, it's funny because Jeff handed me this. We were talking about doing shorts, and he's like, Oh, I have a book of short stories. Like I was a like, 3,000 page. There's <laughs> like almost story. every short story you could think of yeah. in this book. <laughs> and he hands it to me, and I was like, All right. I was like, Do I want to read something I've read before? And I'm looking through like the authors I know, and I'm like, Maybe I'll just reread something I know so I can just, mm. you know, be comfortable with it. And the only Stephen King one in here was the man in the black suit. And I was like, you know what? Let me take a look at this. I'm going to read the first page. And if I'm into it, I'll keep going. Otherwise, I'll just go to something I know. And I was hooked. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm just going to do this. And then Jeff came out and he's like, what are you reading? And I'm like, the man in the black suit. He's like, did I tell you to read that? And I was like, (laughs) I don't think so. Oh, no. But called to it. (laughs) Yeah. 
I just, Watch out for bees. Oh, no. <laughs> so with that being said, my MVP is Gary. Of course, he's the... Uh, <laughs> Gary. Gary. He's the main character. It just makes me think of the uh, snail from SpongeBob. Gary. <laughs> and my scene, actually, the most... What's the, what do we call it? Masterpiece. Masterpiece scene. <laughs> I was like, there's... I just wrote scene, and I was like, there's a... There's more than that. <laughs> it's a masterpiece scene. <laughs> it's actually uh, Stephen King's description of what he calls the devil or the man in the story. Yeah. Man in the black suit. Like, that's what gives me the chills yeah, was I just know. the way he described this character. And it was just the perfect amount of description where you could visualize it and get the chills and creeps. But it's not like overdoing it where you're like, all right, just get yeah. back to the plot here. Like. So good. Definitely by far one of the best moments of this story. In terms of recommendations, obviously any Stephen King's going to do. Yeah. The Shining, Carrie. Castle it, Rock. Pet Sem- I was going to get to that. Pet oh, Cemetery, <laughs> The Green Mile, and then Castle Rock. Yeah. Uh, the series on Hulu, right? Yeah. Because the, the main character, the main like bad character guy in Castle Rock reminded me of the man in the black suit. And I'm pretty sure that's what it's based on. Oh. Because they mentioned Castle Rock in this book uh, in the story because the stream okay. yeah where the fork in the stream is one of the ways leads into castle rock oh. they've mentioned castle rock pretty briefly or yeah briefly hmm. in this novel that's cool i haven't read this in Not a long novel, time but short story <laughs> yeah so it's funny that you actually mentioned that because i i meant to mention it earlier that castle rock is brought up as a town in the book Very cool in the story so yeah nice well, that was our episode for this week. We want to thank you guys for coming back and sharing some short time with us. <laughs> was it was like, a short time, but it was quality. Best of times. So, yeah, if you guys liked what you heard and you want to listen to our backlog, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast. And if you extra like what you heard, go ahead and leave us a review. <laughs> Five star review and some words would be nice. <laughs> quality words. Short story. Doesn't have to be. You know, quantity, but quality is always good. <laughs> and uh, if you want to find us on social media, you could find us at Parallel Fiction on Instagram and Twitter, Parallel Fiction Podcast on Facebook, or send us an old fashioned email at parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and don't forget to check out for that episode of the movies that raised us. They're coming up on their one year, like we said at the beginning. We'll definitely link it once it. Drops. Absolutely. And until then, take care until next week. Have a great week.